The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 116 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the Spurs got a big win over the Brooklyn Nets. They beat them 106-98, to improving the Spurs' record to 14 wins, 31 losses, and dropping the Brooklyn Nets to 27 and 16. But this game was highlighted by the man Keldon Johnson who hit his career high 36 points. What a great night for Keldon and what a great win for the Spurs coming back, you know, getting a home win after that tough loss to Sacramento on Sunday against a really talented team. Obviously they're missing Durant and Kyrie Irving ended up not suiting out for him that night. So those two pieces are gone, but a win is a win and you got to play the guys that are out there like Pop always says. Drew, what were your thoughts about this game? Yeah, it was a good win. I mean, a great win. I think um, no Kyrie and Katie. Um, the Spurs started to feel more confident about this game. So a good win from the Spurs. And Keldon Johnson with a career high. I really like that. One of the best games of his career. So a great night from Keldon. Yeah, great night. And, uh, you know, he just uh, he really that kind of showed the player that he, he could be. And I, I, I loved it. All right. So now let's get to our top two, bottom two segment. Drew, who are your top two? Yes, for my number one top two, I think you've got to go with Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson had 36 points, 11 rebounds, four steals, only one turnover. He shot 11 of 26 in the field and 3 of 11 from the three-point line and 11-12 in the free throw line. A great night from Keldon Johnson in 38 minutes. He's my number one. My second top two, I'm going to go with Jeremy Sohan. Jeremy Sohan had 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, shooting 6 of 12 from the field, and 2 of 3 from the three-point line in 26 minutes of play. So those are my top two. All right, excellent. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. And, you know, you got to go with Keldon. He's my number one as well. Just what a great night. Love his leadership. Love his passion. Love his energy. And especially love it when there's 36 points put up. My number two on the top two, I really debated on this one because everybody knows about my uh, Sohan love. But uh, uh, I just have to go with him again. I'm sorry. But that Marquise Morris setting that screen and knocking him down and then when, you know, you get a veteran like that, young Buck Sohan comes up and you can just see his toughness. They were, they were going back and forth. And I just really loved that from him. But uh, he ended up with 16 points. And Zach. Yeah. Well, of course, Zach, anytime there's a fight or anything close, Zach Collins will be there. So he stepped in. But, uh, yeah, Sohan was my number two on my top two. Bottom two, Drew, who'd you have? Yeah, so for my number one bottom two, I went with Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford had... Two points, turned the ball over one time and shot one of six in the field and 0 of two from the three-point line in 17 minutes. He got the start in this game, so he's my number one bottom two. My second bottom two 
I went with Malachi Branham, who really struggled, having four points and shooting two of ten from the field and zero of five from the three-point line in 20 minutes. He also turned the ball over zero times, actually, so never mind. But those are my two bottom two. Well, speaking of turnover, that leads me into my number one on my bottom two, and that was that bruiser that you spoke of, Mr. Zach Collins. He had four turnovers, so that's why he was number one on my bottom two. My second one on my bottom two, I also had uh, uh, Romeo Lankford, just a one of six shooting, another kind of dud for him. Uh, you know, just not a great night for Romeo, and his minutes were, were cut into a little bit. I know Richardson comes in for him off the bench, and Doug McDermott comes off. But, uh, yeah, Romeo was my number two. All right, let's get on to the question of the day. Remember, you can always text us at 512-540-1626 to bring your question of the day. Drew, what do you got? Yes, this question comes from Craig and Amarillo. His question asks, Why do you think Blake Wesley only played one game against the Kings and then didn't play the next game against the Nets? That is a great question, Craig. And I... You know, here's the here's the deal. When I his game against the Kings, he did really well. He came in. He, I mean, I think it was like five or six minutes, but he came in, did a lot of good things. I kind of think it's the process with Blake Wesley where they don't want to go too fast too soon with him. That's why he's played in Austin. He's had a lot more time in Austin than any of the other rookies. Is I think they're trying to slow the game down for him because he plays at such a breakneck speed, and the NBA is already fast enough. The game's got to slow down for him a little bit, but uh, that's my opinion. I th- I just think they're trying to gradually bring him along because I do think he's going to be in the guard rotation within the next three years. Drew? Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm really excited to see Blake Wesley develop. I think they're just taking time because there's no really need to rush him because um, the season. We're not going to make the playoffs or do anything like that, but there's no need to rush them, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, well, speaking of that, we're going to get into uh, this day in Spurs history. And on this day, I chose January 17th, 1997. Yes, that was the year before Tim Duncan was drafted. But uh, I'm going with a lot of those this year just to kind of bring you back. But the Spurs had a huge win that night, speaking of the Kings. They beat the Sacramento Kings 96-76. to And so that was one of the the few wins for the Spurs in that season. But your uh, leading scorers, they had – see if you remember some of these guys from back in the day, all the old dogs. But uh, Sean Elliott was their leading scorer. He had 19 points. He also had six rebounds. Then you also had Carl Herrera, who chipped in with 14 points. The little general, Avery Johnson, had 14, I'm sorry, 13 points, eight assists, two steals, and one block shot. And man, I was watching the Ring of the Row last night before I fell asleep, and I watched, and I just remembered how much I loved Avery Johnson. Um, Anyway, back to that, Monty Williams, the uh, Phoenix Suns current coach, he had 10 points. And two stills also. Also had a block shot. But uh, anyway, that that was the Spurs beating the Sacramento Kings on this day in Spurs history, January 17, 1997, bringing the Spurs record that year to 10 wins and 26 losses as they marched on to drafting a young player from Wake Forest that became an NBA Hall of Famer. Sacramento Kings record dropped to 16-24. and 24. That's this day. Now it's time to preview the upcoming game. And the upcoming game for the Spurs is going to be another tough matchup. 
They have the Clippers coming into San Antonio Friday night at 7 o'clock. Drew, what can you tell me about the Clippers? Yeah, so the Clippers coming into this game are eighth place in the Western Conference. They come into this game with a 23-24 and record. Um, their leading scorer is Paul George, who's averaging 23 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Kawhi Leonard, who they've are working back very slowly. He hasn't been getting much minutes in games, but they're working him back very slowly. Kawhi Leonard's averaging 19 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Norman Powell, who's averaging 16 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Marcus Morris Sr., who's averaging 13 points, 4 rebounds. The other Mar- the other Morris brother, who mm-hmm. also gets invites. Yeah. I mean, and John Wall, who's averaging 11 points, Five assists and Reggie Jackson, who's coming into this game averaging eleven points and four assists. So that's a little bit about the Clippers. Okay, and and I want to go back to this guy named Kawhi that we're familiar with. Um, has he has he played recently? Because I know he didn't play in the last game. Yeah, he's played uh, thirty games this season, I believe. Okay. twenty around twenty. Uh, you know, they haven't been playing him every game because. He was hurt because he's year. Kawhi. Yeah, he's he, Kawhi Leonard. For those of you that weren't around whenever he was with the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard is on the uh, firefighter schedule. Twenty-four mm-hmm. hours on, forty-eight hours yeah. off, and that's 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 what I like to call that. But that's kind of Kawhi Leonard was the introduction of load management, which is now all over the NBA. But uh, anyway, that's that's here nor there. Um, my player to go off in this game. You know, the Spurs have uh, played the Clippers twice already this year. And, uh, you know, the first one in San Antonio was the closer of the two. They only lost by seven. But my player to go off is not the guy that was the leading scorer that night because he's not with us. Devin Vassell was was that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and choose Dougie McBuckets to go off. I think he's going to have a good night. He's been struggling a little bit. And I, I think he's going to show out and show all of his – potential suitors and future teams, what he can do. Drew, what uh, – oh, and lastly on this one, I've got the Spurs losing by six. Okay. Yeah, so for my uh, player to go off, I also have Josh Richardson, who's probably not going to be here next year. He's also going to show the other teams what he's about. I think he might be gone even this year, but Josh Richardson is my player to go off. And my prediction for this game, I think I'm going to take the Clippers to win this game by nine points and – the Spurs continue their losing streak, but they don't have one. So Yeah, well, okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, my question for you is, and I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, for Josh Richardson, do you think Josh Rich- Richardson is still with the Spurs when the month of February hits? Yes. Okay, it's January 19th now, so that's why I was throwing that one out there. No. Wait, what? No, he's not going to be here. By February 1st. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen that quick. Do you know when the trading deadline is? I'm not sure. Can we look that up real yeah, quick? Just so the, so the audience can know. Because the trading deadline, three names that I've heard mentioned a lot, uh, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl. But they've kind of, seems like Jakob Pertl's pulling back a little bit. But do you have that deadline? Yeah, so it's February 9th, 2023. So I, I I think he'll be here by February, but he'll be gone like February seventh, eighth, sixth. That's when the yeah, that's yeah, when they, they normally happen. So okay, yeah. All right. Well, I just remember last year. Speaking of the trade deadline, and we'll cover that. But I was watching a day game of the Austin Spurs 
Um, and my phone just started pinging off. Derek White gone and uh, Thad Young gone and all these moves that were happening. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Spur of the Moment. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Drew, would you take us home, please? Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And as always, go Spurs, go!